Venture. Five, negotiate. A penny saved is a penny earned. Actually, Benjamin Franklin said that. We've heard that quote, but a lot of times we don't know Benjamin Franklin actually said it. Every penny you earn adds up to a dollar eventually. Your hard-earned dollars can stay with you where they belong. If you've just eliminated your debt because of the last chapter, well, congratulations and hooray. That is a lot of pennies that you have earned, and you have earned them because a penny saved is a penny earned. So if you saved some money and eliminated your debt by using the techniques in that last chapter, realize you've just earned an additional 3000 10000 5000 whatever your debt that you eliminated, that's what you just earned. Taking on the giants of the consumer lending industry is no small feat, so you should be proud. Getting out of debt and getting to where you can start creating wealth will take some effort, so congratulate yourself. And send your success stories to me. You can email them to success at debtcures.com. I want to hear your stories of how you use, you use these techniques and had success with them. Simply amazing. Three very simple yet amazingly effective steps among the debt cures methods are eliminate, negotiate, and cut your rate. You have just learned a major solution, how to eliminate debt in the last chapter. Maybe your debts are not old enough to be beyond the reach of the statute of limitations. Not everyone is able to totally eliminate debt with that method. But I believe that virtually all of us can reduce our debt. Some people have nearly wiped out their debt to the tune of 75%, and many have cut over 50% of what they used to owe before learning debt reduction methods. I think that you can see that sitting home and worrying does nothing. The absolute worst thing for you to do about your debt is to do nothing. Wishing debt away never works. It takes a simple action. Financial statements. One of the most amazing tricks is not a trick at all, and to my knowledge, there's nowhere else but debt cures that will teach you this pearl of wisdom to reduce your debt and get you on your way toward financial freedom. One piece of financial data that people in debt often ignore is financial statements. Perhaps you're familiar with the term balance sheet and income statement. Maybe you're not familiar with them. Well, the two terms are balance sheet and income statements. I'll explain. These are two very simple documents that present to an, an easy-to-understand picture of your financial situation. You need to know your current situation in order to move forward. Some people wrongly assume that they don't need a balance sheet or an income statement. No matter your financial position, these statements can be key. Balance sheet. The balance sheet shows your financial situation at any moment in time. At this particular date, you have this much in assets. Assets are things of value that you own. And you have this much in liabilities. Liabilities are debts you owe. Your assets include your house, any other real estate you own, such as rental properties, cars, boats, any other vehicles, stocks, bonds, 401k investments, jewelry, art, ownership in a business, cash in the bank, etc. Your liabilities are what you owe on all those assets, such as your home mortgage balance, car loans or leases, lines of credit, credit card balances, personal loans. Individuals tend to have very simple balance sheets. Your assets minus your liabilities is called your net worth. Individuals with a lot of debt have such a simple balance sheet that it may not even be necessary. Simply put, a balance sheet is a financial snapshot that shows your current financial health and is essential in forecasting your financial health for the future. If the snapshot is full of zeros, you can accomplish the same thing with a two-sentence letter. We'll get to that in a couple paragraphs. Income statement. The balance sheet applies to a single point in time where the income statement covers a period of time. It shows what you made 
and what you spent. It's tracking your cash flow, what came in and what went out. An income statement is also called a profit and loss statement. For an individual, the income statement is very simple as well. For a certain period of time, let's say the month of October, what were all of your sources of revenue? And during that same period, what were all of your expenses? In other words, what was your inflow of cash and what was your outflow of cash? With one glance, you can see if you are spending more than you are making. Maybe you make $40,000 and actually for the year spend $45,000. Well, this obviously has you $5,000 in the red. Reverse it. Let's say you took in $45,000 and outgoing cash flow is $40,000. Now you are $5,000 in the black. Actually, putting it down on paper is the key to understanding the spending path that you are on. Assets, liabilities equals no money left. A simple balance sheet and a simple income statement are included for you in the appendix. These statements are vital for you to understand what is going on, and more importantly, they show your creditors your financial picture. They are important and simple tools to cut your debt. Neil was in debt for $50,000. He had two credit cards. The amounts that he spent, plus all the accrued interest and penalties, had him so deep in debt that he would never be able to pay it off. So that is exactly what he showed his creditors. Neil was being hounded by a collection agency, so he got his friend and accountant to draft his personal financial statements. In black and white, on only one page, the balance sheet and income statement clearly showed that he had nothing, so he was not able to pay anything. He sent the statements and a letter to the collection agency, telling them that they were wasting their time because he absolutely could not pay the $50,000 of debt. The collection agency had bought the debt for pennies on the dollar, so by giving them a penny more, they make a profit. Neil's phone calls and letters, along with the hard facts on his financial statements, convinced the credit collection agency to negotiate. Neil settled for $14,000 on his $50,000 debt. That is a nearly 75% reduction. Financial statements can work for credit card companies too. Show that you have no net worth or a negative net worth. If the credit company can clearly see that you have nothing, they will be willing to settle. You don't need an attorney to do this. You can do it yourself. A simple letter. In addition to financial statements, or sometimes instead of a financial statement, a brief letter may be all you need. A sample form letter is included in the appendix. It's straightforward. Here are my assets. Here are my liabilities. I have nothing left to pay you. It seems so simple because it is. The creditors are numbers people. They don't care much for your stories. They want to see the cold, hard facts and figures. They want the numbers. In general, it is wise to always be brief. State the facts, not your story of woe. Just the facts. That's it. Trying to say too much really ends up not being helpful at all. If you have nothing, state the simple fact. Maybe you do not need an income statement or a balance sheet. A piece of paper with a bunch of zeros won't do any more than a simple letter. Ask a friend who's an accountant or the person who has done your taxes all these years to draft a simple letter on their letterhead. All it has to say is something to the effect, quote, I have been doing Mary's taxes for years. Her liabilities exceed her assets and she has a negative net worth. Mary has no financial resources to pay any debt, signed by so-and-so CPA. Telling them any more is really not necessary, and I do not advise that. You can use this method to cut your debts in half, or even 75%, or even 100%. Now, we will revisit this topic later, but now you know. 
Everything is open to negotiation. Now, be smart. If you do admit to the debt, then the statute of limitations might even start running up all over again because the debt has become active. So never, never, never give them the legal right to pursue their collections or sue you. You don't want to be close, like inches away from eliminating all your debt, only to blow it by saying too much. Remember, all you have to do is tell them that the time to collect the debt has expired and the discussion. Remember, when they call, say, I'm terribly sorry. I have no recollection of this debt, this alleged debt. It is not mine, and it's too old anyway. You can't legally collect it from me. Stop calling. Be bold and be firm. These scavenger debt collectors are feeding off the waste droppings of the bottom feeders. They stoop very, very low. I mean, they're really the scum, and they, they're in boiler rooms. They lie. They make up stories of who they are, what they can do, and they just try to use scare tactics. They are very aggressive. And they even sometimes identify themselves as a law firm in, in, in an effort to intimidate you. Well, don't be thrown off course. Stand your ground and firmly state that the debt is beyond the statute of limitations and is not collectible. Do not call me again. Hang up. Be calm and unruffled, but be firm and bold. It's a very simple strategy. Wait them out and the debt will disappear. Your credit card company wrote off your account a long time ago as uncollectible and they got a huge tax deduction. There is no right, there is no right that these scavenger debt collectors have to try to collect that old debt now. It's just a money-making scheme and they're trying to steal money from you. Their scare tactics are working though. And some people pay off a debt that has passed the statute of limitations time frame. As a matter of fact, the statistics show that the majority of these actually do get some money. So this, these scoundrel scavenger debt collectors, you know, they're not going to tell you that you don't have to pay the debt. They just want you to send them money. They want your money. They're stealing from you. They're con men. They're scum. It's a scam. They have no legal right to get the money from you, but they're lying and making you believe that you owe it and have to pay it. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble, and that's the big lie. That's how they're scamming you. Tell your friends. Tell your family this. Tell your neighbors, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins. Tell the babysitter. Tell your coworkers. Don't be duped. These scavenger debt collectors are getting rich, rich off the unsuspecting citizen. They're stealing money from people that that they have no right to get by lying. They buy up these old debts for close to nothing, and they're trying to get people to pay these old debts plus insane interest on top of the money that was owed years ago. It's one of the most profitable businesses in America and growing at an incredibly fast rate. Two of these, quote, investment companies, get this, have even made it to the Fortune 500 list. That's how profitable the scam is. And it's a legal scam. It's a scam. They're stealing money from you that you don't have to give them. That's the point. Legally, you do not have to give them the money. Rate switch. If you want to get better telephone rates, you call them up and ask. If you don't like their deal, you switch providers. You are not afraid to call your cable company and ask if HBO is on special this month. You know to never, ever take the first offer that the car salesman gives you. So why are we all so intimidated by the credit card companies? Maybe many of us had no idea what they were really up to. Blind trust is now shattered. These are not our friends. They're not here to help us. They're here to steal from us. Maybe we feel it is a little futile to try to negotiate with them. Well, it's not. They've gotten away with just screwing us for years, and we all know it. We have taken our beatings and have decided to stay down on the mat. Well, enough is enough. One thing that I've learned in my life is that staying down or remaining quiet only leads them to believe that they are in control, and then they will only try to get away with more. They think their tricks are top secret or untouchable. Wrong. We can pull the plug on the runway interest rates and fees. We can cut our debt in half by doing so. And it all starts with a simple phone call. Phone calls can save you thousands. Phone calls are usually easy, time efficient, and believe it or not, effective. Most people assume that a phone call is a waste of time and they don't make them. Nothing is further from the truth. Pick up the damn phone and dial. 
Don't let your nerves get the best of you. Why in the world should you be concerned with what the other person is going to say or think? Make the call. It's the most valuable thing you can do in the next five minutes, and it could save you thousands of dollars with one simple phone call. Call up your credit card companies. Their phone number is right on the back of your card. Ask what your current interest rate is, and then ask them to lower it. That's right. What's my current interest rate? Uh, 21.74. Fine. Can I get it lowered, please? If If the first person you speak to doesn't help you, ask to speak to a supervisor. If they say no, call back again. Call back every freaking day. Keep trying. Don't give up. It may take seven phone calls. But I believe that the vast majority of the time, you'll talk to somebody who will lower your rate because you're asking them to. Hang on to all the credit card offers you get in the mail. When the customer service person tries to give you the brush off, you can say, I'm holding an offer that I got yesterday in the mail from Super Duper Credit Card Company, and if I transfer my balance to them today, they'll give me a better rate. Believe me, you should get results. Lowering your interest rate instantly lowers your payments. If you have balances on these credit cards, by making this phone call, if they lower your rate instantly, instantly, your next payment is going to be lower. Immediate results are empowering. As long as you carry a balance on any card, it's possible that your credit card company could raise your rates without you knowing. So it's up to you to check periodically by making a phone call and check what your rate is. You can explain that you have been a long-time good-paying customer. If they don't lower your rate, you will drop them, cancel the card, and find another company with a better rate. It's as simple as that. Ask and you shall receive. Be persistent if you have to, but a small investment of your time on the phone can save you thousands of dollars. Seriously, I believe this is a surprisingly effective technique that very few people know about. Even more surprising, it works. Credit card companies love to raise their rates and not tell you about it, but they'll never lower those rates unless you ask. How about reducing a 20% interest rate to 10.5? Cutting a high rate like that in half is impressive. One follower of these methods had his rate of $9.99 dropped all the way down to zero for six months. That's right. He had a $9.95 interest rate. By making a phone call, he got it reduced to zero interest rate for the next six months. Ask. You never know what they might do. Find out what rate you are paying now. One gal had been paying an outrageous 28% for the last six months, didn't even know it, because when she got the card, it was only 12. By making a phone call, she reduced it down, again, back to 12.8. Wanna feel great? Well, call and ask them to cut your rate. You never know unless you ask. Spend a minute, save a lot. You only have to spend a few minutes of your time and you literally can save hundreds or even thousands of dollars. Write a simple script for yourself if that makes you feel comfortable You know when you're making a phone call, such as, hello, my name is Ed Jones. I need to know what my current interest rate is with you. This is the part where you pause and they tell you. If it's not a good rate, you say, wow, that seems high. No matter what rate they tell you, by the way, it's always high. Wow, that seems high. I have a bunch of offers from other credit card companies who will give me a lower rate if I transfer my balance and cancel your card. Can you match the rates being offered by your competitors? Even the most phone-shy person can handle that script. And if you can't, have a friend do it for you. Some people get the hang of it after a few calls and really get brazen. I heard one guy who likes to play his own version of deal or no deal. He'll ask for his rate to be cut in half, or he'll ask them to be knocked down to 10%. He's even asked for 0% annual percentage rate. You've got nothing to lose, and who knows, they could say yes. This simple phone call technique works. Keep it polite. If the person you are talking to will not budge, simply say, may I speak to a supervisor, please? Or hang up and call again. There's like 5,000 different agents that answer the phone. So every time you call, you're talking to a different person. Each one of them has a different computer screen. Each one of them has a different brain. Each one of them can make a different decision. Let's make a deal. Being polite does not mean that you cannot be persistent. I have a friend, Eric, who always gets the best hotel rate simply by asking, is that the best you can do for me? That's all he says. So you can be direct and bold and ask if that is, in fact, the absolute best rate they can offer you at the present time. 
ask if any special offers are coming up. Even if you don't have huge debt on, on a card, the compounding of interest is frightening. Let's show an example of my friend Rhonda. She only has five credit cards. Most people, by the way, have many more. On one card, she had an outrageous 22% interest rate on a balance of $2,000. Credit card minimum payments are usually 2 to 4% of the entire balance. Well, let's say Rhonda paid 2% of her balance each month. She thought she was doing a good thing by making her minimum payment. She didn't realize that by sticking to the minimum payment, it would take almost 10 years to pay off the $2,000 balance. The interest that would pile up over the course of these months would grow to almost $4,000 in interest alone on top of the two. That's insane. It's crazy. Do you think that whatever she bought for 2000 is still going to even be around in 10 years? That's longer than a car loan payment. Some people can pay off their houses in 10 years. Interest may be the eighth greatest wonder of the world, but we don't need it to be in its, one of its shining examples. Tip two, the debt collectors hone their skills and sharpen their claws on the naive and unsuspecting citizen. The easiest way to avoid entrapment is never agree. And when talking about the debt, do not ever, ever, ever claim it is yours. Instead, use the words alleged. It's simple. You do not think it could be your debt. So by using the word alleged, you never admit that it's yours. Ask the collection agent to send you all the information on the alleged debt because it does not sound at all familiar to you. When did the alleged debt occur? What was purchased? The collector gets the point that you do not think it is yours and you are allowed to ask questions without placing the debt on you. You can ask all the questions you want about something that doesn't exist. Tip three. It's a reinforcement of tip number two. This is a two-part tip. The first is a rhyme. When a debt is old, you can be bold. However, you want to say it just point blank and tell debt collectors that the statute of limitations is expired. They can't collect it. Then you hang up. How simple is that? The second part of the tip, don't ever agree and you can set yourself free. It's as easy as that. Never agree that it's your debt. Say, well, this alleged debt, I have no recollection of it. I don't think this is mine. I don't remember this. I can't recall this debt. I have no idea what you're talking about. This can't be my debt. That's what you have to say. Now, it's really a power struggle. So the more you know, the more power you have over the collectors. Know if your debt has expired. And remember, you can always ask point blank, how old is this alleged debt? Notice I use the words alleged. How old is this alleged debt? That way you're not even admitting it's yours to begin with. Find your state below in the appendix here and know the time period it takes for debts to disappear. Financial freedom actually starts right here, right now. Miranda's credit card company, as we mentioned, wrote off her $3,000 account, let's say five years ago. Now, Miranda lives in California where the statute of limitation is four years. So she can tell the debt collector these beautiful words. The debt elimination sentence. When they call her saying, we're calling about a debt, you owe $3,000 now with interest at $6,000. All Miranda has to say is, the statute of limitations is gone, baby. Do not contact me ever again. Goodbye. Click. Now, if Miranda lived in Alaska where the statute of limitations is six years, she would not admit that she owed such a debt, she would not agree to pay the debt, and she would not agree to send the debt collector any money at all. Calm, cool, and unruffled is the tactic for a debt eliminator. So if she got the call on a five-year-old debt where the statute of limitations was six years, she wouldn't, A, not take the call because a year from now, it's automatically wiped off, or she'd simply say, I don't recall this debt. This alleged debt, you need to send me uh, all the details. I don't, re I, I, I'm not, I don't have any recollection of this alleged debt, but never admit it and never pay, and a year from then, it's over anyway. Now, I've included the table below so you can find your state and determine when your old debt officially becomes a time-barred or expired debt, and the collection folks will have to leave you alone forever.
Now, in this table, the term open accounts includes revolving accounts, like your credit cards. This statute of limitations information is correct to the best of my knowledge as we're going to print with this book. Now, to be sure to check with an attorney or a friend or someone else in your state who is knowledgeable in these areas in case the number of years of expiry of your debt has changed, which you may from time to time. Also, any other relevant information. And so this particular um, table gives you all the information you need. And that's in the book. Debt be gone. Now, this is what I call exciting news. If you live in Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Delaware, Washington, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Virginia, or Washington State, your credit card debt is untouchable just after three short years. Good states to live. With this little-known method, you can wipe out 100% of your debts. Uncollectible accounts that have been written off cannot come back to haunt you. Do not own up to a debt that you don't owe. When Miranda got the call from the debt collectors, she did not fret. She knew her rights. And she knew that the $3,000 debt was beyond the reach of any collection effort. If you have been victimized with debt that ballooned beyond belief and now the collection hounds are after you, you can throw water in them and burst their bubble. The statute of limitations on debt exists to keep creditors from ceaselessly harassing you for the rest of your life. They must stop forevermore once the expiration date has passed. Paul is grateful for the debt cures methods. I'm happy to report that I was debt-free a year ago, and it has eased my stress. Robert, thank you for getting me out of debt. Elaine, I thought it was too good to be true, but you saved me over $14,000. These are people that have actually used these techniques and what they have to say. There is no quicker path to wealth than the elimination of bad debt. In the immortal words of Dr. Seuss, congratulations, today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. I'm confident that you will steer yourself in the direction away from old debts and the debt collection crazy people. And instead... Move toward the direction of magnificent wealth. You do not have to be racked with fear, guilt, stress, anxiety, eating distress, weight gain, weight loss, sitting here. Well, actually, maybe thinking here has something to do with uh, how you live, but not how you live, but you can see what I'm trying to say. Eliminating your debt lifts the heaviness that can hold you down. Eliminating your debt lifts your spirits. The collection trolls can go back to living under the bridge or wherever it is that they came from. You can start living with a new confidence, refreshed and untouched by the worries of bad debt. If you live in a state where the number of years for the statute of limitations on debt is not as immediate that can help you with your uh, debt right now, don't be dismayed. There are debt cures methods where I believe virtually everyone holding this book can reduce their debt significantly. No matter how much debt you have or how long you've had it, you can cut your debt in half, maybe two-thirds, and perhaps even 75%. Straightforward techniques, no complicated uh, statutes or tables, no smoke and mirrors. These solutions are so easy that every person in America who has debt can and should use these simple strategies. This is not the point of the book where you go for a snack. <laughs> this is the point where you turn the page and discover even more ways of how to get out of debt. But not to do. Equally important to knowing what to do is knowing what not to do. One misconception people often have when they are drowning in their debt is that they think bankruptcy is the only lifesaver. Everywhere you turn, you see an ad for a bankruptcy law firm begging you to come in and these ads are on television, on radio, on the internet, 
newspapers, they're everywhere. No wonder people have bankruptcy on their brain. These lawyers are planting the seeds. Avoid bankruptcy. We will dive into bankruptcy concerns later in the book, but please be aware that to keep your credit report and credit score in good standing, you should avoid the bankruptcy route if you can. With debt cures, you typically don't have to file bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is not the one-stop fairy godmother end to all of your problems situation. Your student loans, your alimony, and your child support won't be going anywhere. But I know bankruptcy happens, especially when medical bills are involved. The medical practices usually are very aggressive in their collection tactics. Medical bills can be double or even a triple whammy, encompassing emotional trauma, physical health issues, and financial concerns. Tina's son was born with what appeared to be a blockage in his throat. He unexpectedly had to stay in the intensive care unit for three days. Tina received a bill for $35,000. Her savings account was wiped out, and she just didn't have the money to pay it off. Tina was forced into bankruptcy. Making matters worse, a collection agency was hired to collect this debt, saying that the bankruptcy didn't cover it. For Tina and all the others who find themselves in the sinking ship, debt cures is the lifeboat that you've been waiting for. Bankruptcy is not the quick fix that some shady lawyers make it out to be. You won't be barred from obtaining credit ever again, but you will be targeted for astronomical fees. If you have already filed for bankruptcy, don't wallow in despair. I will show you ways in which you can rebuild your credit. Beware of credit repair. While we are on the subject, you need to understand that you can rebuild your credit but you generally do not need a credit repair service. Stay away from these types of ventures, or in most cases, scams. Here's a profession that takes money from your wallet in return for pretending to edit your credit. It's impossible. As you will learn, if the information is accurate, although negative, it stays on your credit report. If the information is not accurate, you do not need to pay somebody to dispute it. You can do that yourself for free. Credit repair services typically target those who are in financial crisis and are desperate for a way out. This is not the way. Debt consolidate. Eliminate or negotiate or cut your rate. Debt consolidation agencies, by and large, are not the way either. Many people think that this is a wonder cure-all. But what they do is take all of your existing debt and lump it into a new loan, in theory, with a better interest rate than you are paying on all of your balances. You can typically get better rates all by yourself. You do not need to pay an agency. And some debt you know, consolidation agencies charge outrageous fees and sky-high interest rates to boot. With these debt cure methods, I will teach you how you can reduce or even completely eliminate debt, not merely consolidate it. Another highly advertised option is credit counseling, using this kind of service to help you actually can hurt your credit score. The credit reporting agencies now recognize that trying to improve your credit is a good thing and your credit score is not affected. Basically, a credit counselor is supposed to teach you how to handle your debt, like offering you the worn-out advice to cut up your credit cards. They will also negotiate with your creditors for you. But now you know that you are able to do that yourself. Credit counseling companies are often nonprofit organizations, but they do charge a fee. Why should you have to pay a fee? You don't. If you have already gotten involved with an agency, you can check with the National Foundation for Consumer Credit Counseling. And the website is www.nlikenancyflikefrankcc.org or you can call them at 800-388-2227 and make sure that you're dealing with a reputable company. Break free. 
We all have heard the FDR presidential inaugural address soundbite, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. When most people find themselves tangled up in a web of debt, that is the emotion that takes control of them, fear. They fear collection agencies hounding them day and night. They fear losing their house or having their car repossessed. They fear losing their job. It is an awful way to live. Fear makes people take rash action, like filing for bankruptcy. For others, fear paralyzes them. They do nothing, and they let the predators sweep in, killing them with interest rates and outrageous fees. Being in debt can be overwhelming. Getting it under control merely requires taking a deep breath and taking a step-by-step process. Most of the time, when people are feeling stress, it is because they don't know what to do. That cure is obviously here, is showing you exactly what to do. The banks and credit card companies and financial institutions do not own you. Follow the steps previously outlined. Make the phone calls. Negotiate. They will take you from fear to control. If, after reading this entire book, you still have questions, you have the resource of our website, www.debtcures.com. It's available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and we're there to help you. The greatest of all fears is the fear of the unknown, and we are hopefully dispelling much of that fear. You know what to do, and now you know you can do it. It's time to fight back. Chapter 7, Fighting Back. Truth is generally the best vindication against slander. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln also said, How many legs does a dog have if you call the tail a leg? Answer, four. Calling the tail a leg doesn't make it a leg. The whole purpose of my life is really enlightenment. I I live to enlighten people or educate people and expose the truth. Why should telling the truth be any cause for alarm? There is no valid reason why I should be lambasted for exposing and explaining how the consumer lending industry really works. When there are good things to expose, I gladly do so. I find that wonderful and I'm over the moon. I delight in sharing good news. On the other side of the coin, when things are not so good, I believe that it is my mission to reveal the situation for what it really is. And yes, I admit, fighting back feels good. Sometimes it's mind-boggling what the credit card companies, the banks, the payday loan companies, the mortgage brokers, the lending institutions will do. A very poor woman with her mentally handicapped son had trouble making their house payments. The lender allegedly convinced them to sign the papers on a new loan that they could not afford, and now they may lose their house. The fully grown son did not have the ability to sign his name, but the lender had him copy block letters to spell out his name for his signature on the contract. Truth is stranger than fiction. I hate to see people being taken advantage of, and it is now my mission in life and my life goal to bring the truth to the light of day. Duncan MacDonald, former Citibank general counsel, has gone on television stating that fees have become a profit stream for the credit card companies and that fee income has gone up much faster than interest. Fees and penalties are three and four times higher than they were even just 10 years ago. So the debt that is crushing you is a relatively new monster. In fact, McDonald has overly implied that he's and the whole industry has created a Frankenstein. Ed and Sue, their neighbors, and so many others, have debt that feels like a ball and chain. If your money burdens keep you awake at night worrying, you are not alone. You need to ease your burden of what keeps me awake at night, fueling my desire to take on the predators. Anyone who knows the secrets, anyone who has the insider knowledge, has the obligation to share that knowledge. 
What is that warm, fuzzy saying? A candle loss, nothing by lighting another candle? Once you have finished reading this book, you will be a source of light for others, of knowledge, of life, and you'll be able to illuminate the lives of your friends and family with this information as well. Knowledge is power, but only if you use it. And it is this power that they don't have, and the powers that be don't want you to have. They want you to be afraid. They, the powers that be, want you to be intimidated. That's how the system works, unfortunately. Debt collectors are trained to harass and to lay on the scare tactics. You don't have to carry this yoke of debt forever. In fact, you can have a fresh start and be on your way to wealth by the time you finish this book. You can create a brand new credit profile. You can start from scratch and build a whole new financial personality. You can take them on. You can do it yourself. You do not have to be a legal or financial whiz at all. Just follow the steps I've laid out, and you will succeed. There are two parts to the process. One, get out of debt. Two, use good debt to build wealth. No, that's not a contradictory statement. Hang with me for the duration of these chapters, and you will be on your path toward financial freedom. If you are currently dealing with collection agencies or credit card companies, you now know a few unique techniques that can literally save you thousands. Honestly, a few phone calls can save you thousands of dollars. And for some of you, you should be able to eliminate your entire debt completely. 100% of your debt gone. These simple techniques are not common knowledge. After this book spreads the word, they will be. The best way to get someone's attention is through their pocketbook. If enough people start applying these techniques, the industry will take notice. The only way credit card reform will happen is if we do something about it. Be a success story. My pal Paul was $80,000 in debt and forced into bankruptcy. Of the 80000 that had snowed him under, $50,000 was credit card interest, fees, and penalties. Only $30,000 was actually spent by Paul. And if the amount had stayed that way, he could have managed to repay it. His debt nearly tripled because of the down-and-dirty methods of the credit card companies. The industry forced him into bankruptcy. He had his moments of despair and panic, but fortunately he learned debt reduction methods and how to create wealth. Now it's Paul's turn to laugh all the way to the bank. His credit is now superior to the extent that he lives in a million-dollar-plus home and he has the income and credit to support his $1.2 million mortgage. Paul is not the only success story. There are thousands of people who, in following these methods, have overcome what they thought was debt for life. Bill had a difficult time getting up and running his business. He was forced into bankruptcy, not once, not twice, but actually three times. Talk about perseverance. Bill learned how to once and for all take care of bad debt. He turned his life around completely using these techniques. Reducing debt and using credit in the right ways made all the difference. Now he's a multimillionaire with a number of highly profitable and successful companies. Bill is also a well-known philanthropist who gives significant amounts of money to charity. Andrew had $40,000 in debt and he owed one credit card company the entire amount. They had sold the debt for pennies on the dollar to a collection agency, which runs a very profitable business, buying delinquent loans and forcing people into settlements that they can't afford. Using debt cures methods, Andrew was able to successfully settle his $40,000 debt for just $14,000. He got rid of 65% of his debt. That made a tremendous difference in cleaning up his credit report and increasing his credit score. That is what you can do. Clean up your debt, increase your credit score. With getting rid of the old debt and cleaning up your credit score, everything changes. One of the best investments you have ever made is this Debt Cures book. I cannot wait to hear your success story. Ready, set, go. When we were in grammar school, our parents and our teachers taught us to be honest and fair. 
and that cheaters never prosper. But sadly, as we became adults, we saw that sometimes those who don't play nice still end up with all the marbles. Instead of saying, I'll meet you in the playground after school at 3 o'clock and duking it out with our fists, we have more mature tactics. But we definitely can stand up to the cheaters and the bullies today. We don't have to be pushed around. I know that there are a lot of debt books out there in the libraries and on the bookstore shelves. They generally all say the same thing. Cut up your credit cards, keep one for emergency use only, and keep it in the freezer. Save up all major purchases and buy things with cash. There's nothing wrong with this advice, but they are operating under the premise that you are in debt over your head because of your own personal spending habits. We have been led down the path to believe that it is the person's irresponsible behavior creating the situation of ballooning balances. I'm here to tell you that the real problem lies in the habits of the lending industry, and calling their behavior irresponsible would be a gross misunderstatement. If Ed and Sue, along with their neighbors who are facing bankruptcy, and the rest of us, the average hardworking citizens, only had to pay back the principal of the debt we incurred, plus a bit of fair interest, there would be no debt epidemic in this country at all. Ed and Sue studied their credit card bills and realized that what they originally had charged was less than half of the total amount that the credit card company said they now owed. They were paying on a balance that was twice as much from when they started. Their next-door neighbor has gotten in over their heads with credit card debt when the company that they both worked for moved its operations out of the country. They both lost their jobs. The bills piled up, and they felt they had no other option except to file bankruptcy. It happens every day to people we know, our friends, our family, our neighbors. Beating the bully. There are a number, actually there's a record number, of bankruptcies filed every year. Every year since 2003, there have been more bankruptcies than people graduating college. And more Americans going bankrupt than getting divorced. The number of bankruptcies is on the rise each year. Why? The nasty truth is that the banks and the credit card companies set their customers up to fail. They want us in perpetual debt because that is how they make their money. That is how they make, in an insider's own words, their obscene profits. Now, my dictionary defines obscene as offensive to conventional standards of decency and morally offensive. I have to say that their practices are indeed offensive to my own standards of decency, and personally, I am morally offended. The bottom line is, I think these guys are arch criminals. They're doing nothing more than taking advantage of our vulnerabilities, and they're stealing from us. Instead of just offering a fair rate of return or a fair interest rate or a fair business proposition with us, they're lying, they're deceiving us, and they're cheating. Instead of just being offended and wanting to punch somebody out, we can do something about this situation. We can learn their secrets and their traps and how to avoid them. Then we can tell everyone we know what we have learned and teach them the secrets as well. That is really how we hit them where it hurts. In the next chapter, I will tell you how to get your credit report and credit score and what to do once you have it. But for now, I simply want you to understand what the darn thing is. The credit report information is compiled by the big three credit reporting agencies and it's ongoing. Every month, every creditor, bank, and collection agency that you are actively dealing with reports your payments or lack of to these agencies. They can report to one, two, or all three. They're only required to report to one. Your credit report and your credit score are thus continually updated. Now, in general, your medical bills and your utility bills are not considered credit, so they do not show up in your credit report. If you pay these bills timely every month, you will not get the benefit of it affecting your credit score in any positive way. However, if you do not pay these bills and the company or the doctor or the hospital turns you over to a collection agency, your credit score will take a negative hit. Medical bills are aggressively pursued. 
and many doctors will not hesitate to turn you over to a collection agency if you do not pay. This could bring down your credit score in a very big way. Believe me, when the topic of credit reports and credit scores comes up, I know some people are, shall we say, less than interested. Please remember that the lenders see you as a number, so you want to show the very best number possible. We have to get through this stuff before we can move on to the really good part. Your credit history is like the golden ticket that gets you into the candy factory. In this case, it is more like the money factory. Getting you out of debt and into wealth, I hope that holds your interest. Most Americans don't know about this stuff, and that is why they fall victim to the system. It is up to us to spread the word. According to a July 2003 survey by the Consumer Federation of America, only 2% of Americans say they knew their credit score, and only 3% could name the three main credit bureaus. Martin Luther King, Jr., once said, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Certainly, facing a mountain of debt is a time of challenge. You and I realize that the measure of a man or a woman can entail many facets, but as far as the lending industry is concerned, the only measure that matters to them is the credit score. Simply put, the credit report and credit score make up your financial reputation in black and white on a piece of paper. If your score is considered too low, a credit card company can deny you. With the way that they operate today, more than likely they will be happy that you have a low score. That way they can give you a credit card with a much higher interest. They want you to have a lower score so that they can get more fees out of you. Frightening but true. We will go over all the details so you understand exactly what is happening, what the lenders are up to, and what you can do about it. Credit reporting agencies. There are three national bureaus that keep credit reports on the good people of America. If you have any credit transactions at all in any state, you have a credit history, and they have a credit report on you. The agencies are Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. Their addresses and contact information will be provided to you later. The credit reporting agencies merely supply your information to the creditors. The banks are in charge of deciding whether you're qualified for credit. The banks and the credit card companies pay the agencies a fee to get the scoop on you and how you are with your money. The credit reporting agencies compile and update your credit information and provide it to the creditors and you, but only you, if you ask for it. The credit report includes all of your standard personal information, plus it lists all the credit card companies and banks that you have transactions with. It can be many pages since it lists all your credit cards, mortgages, student loans, car loans, home equity loans, etc. Basically, the credit report is a detailed history of the life of you and your money, showing whether or not you pay your bills on time. Each of the three major credit reporting agencies has their own separate report, but they contain pretty much the same information. Now, the credit score. A secret, and that's key, it is a secret, mathematical formula is used to calculate your credit score. A higher score means you are more likely to pay off your debts on time. The credit score system gets very complicated, and I'll go into more detail soon. In fact, I will probably go into more detail than you may expect, but it's important information for you to know. According to TransUnion, an individual's credit score is a mathematical calculation that reflects a consumer's credit worthiness. The score is an assessment of how likely a consumer is to pay his or her debts on time. In the world of make-believe, a creditor could ask a person, will you pay this debt? The person taking the loan would respond, I saw, solemnly swear that I will pay 
this debt on time. And the person giving the money could say, well, that's good enough for me. But we don't live in the fantasy world. Maybe the lenders can trust us, but we cannot trust them. It's a numbers game. The banks and credit card companies like the idea of using a credit score because it is designed to keep us paying them as much as possible for as long as possible. They try to make the scoring system sound official and complicated, and they try to indicate that the credit score is used in order for them to be fair. In some regards, it is. Using numbers and data to evaluate a person and whether or not they should get a loan was the original intent of credit reports and credit scores. It was supposed to be an objective way that every lender could have the same information to make a decision on whether or not they should give a person a loan or a credit card. The credit report is like a big report card of every credit test you've ever taken. For most of us, we didn't even know we were taking a test. Every month, our paying habits are turned over to the watchdogs. Having a way to track a person's credit record is a good tool for the lenders. It is not a good system, however, for us, the citizens. The system has morphed over time. What they don't want you to know is that the credit score system is rigged against you, the citizen. The banks like the credit score's way of doing business because the score calculation is devised to keep you in their vice grip for a long, long time, not for your eyes only. We will delve more into credit scores credit reports, and credit reporting agencies. But for now, it is important for you to be familiar with the words they use. A credit report is a virtually a treasure trove of information about you and your money. That information is no one's business but yours. And the governments, and the credit card companies, and the banks, and the mortgage brokers, and yada, yada, yada. If you're wondering if anyone but the banks and lenders can look at your credit report? Unfortunately, the answer is yes. Who all is allowed to take a gander? Well, a whole gaggle of people can look at your credit report, and they do. Any business, which means any person who works in a business, any individual, any company agency may request a credit report for, quote, any, quote, legitimate business need involving a transaction with a customer. Valid reasons for a company to review their credit report and credit score could include credit granting considerations, review or collection of an account, employment considerations, insurance underwriting, maybe a potential business partnership, security clearance, a lease. Reports may be issued at the written request of the consumer or a court. Basically, the Fed say it is okay for lots of people to be taking a peek at your credit history. They are only supposed to do so in order to make a determination regarding you and your credit worthiness. The usual suspects are landlords, current and potential, employers, current and potential, insurance companies, child support enforcement agencies, government agencies, because they're the government, so anybody in the government can take a look, even though they have no rational right to do so and no rational reason to do so. The government said they do and have the right to look at anybody's credit bureau. Isn't that interesting? Any, ident any uh, identity theft monitoring company, and of course, any potential lenders, and maybe your mother. Well, that's quite a list. And that list, uh, well, the last item on the list, I said about the mother, I just that was just to see if you were paying attention. Your private information has the ability to be seen by a lot of eyes. But actually, your mom has no legal right to see it unless you've given her written permission. Isn't that interesting? Any government agency can look at it, but not your dear mom. Every time someone inquires about your credit, it impacts your credit score. Let me say that again. Every time somebody makes an inquiry, now, if they inquire about your credit, that actually negatively impacts your credit score. Now, that's unless 
uh, a soft inquiry is made, like a credit card company targeting you for business. If the number of credit card offers that arrive in your mailbox every day are any indication, these kind of soft inquiries are happening very frequently. Got all that? Every single thing you do with your credit cards, your car loans, your student loans, your mortgage loans, any bank loans, is all reported by the credit companies to the credit reporting agencies. They do just that, report your credit. It seems like everybody is able to see your credit report, but most of us have not seen our own. If the banks and the credit card companies are looking at your credit report every day in order to mess with your interest rate, it is important for you to understand your own credit report as well. So let's get to it. <laughs> 